So are you ready for Christmas? Johnny, it's good to see you. I, I, I should stay away from acknowledging certain ones, but uh, Johnny Velasquez was part of our core team for a number of years, and it's so good to see you back with your family here for the Christmas holiday. Thanks for coming and celebrating with us. Lynn and, and Renee Hall there with us again back home. You'll always be family, and it's just good to have all of our family here around the table, as it were, for Christmas. I hope you're ready because it's coming. It's coming fast. It'll be here in two days, in fact. Anybody still need to get a little bit of shopping done? Uh-oh, she's just being honest. Have you started? Okay, well, that's a good thing. I, I, I don't think so, but is there anyone that hasn't started? Whoo! Is that because you don't get anybody anything? or? <laughs> Well, God bless you on tomorrow or today or whatever it is. Well, I think I'm ready. I think Karen and I are ready. We, we've done our shopping and, and uh, we're ready. We are going to give gifts in just a few days, but I'm a little excited. I'll be honest. I'm going to get a gift or two. You be honest. You're excited about receiving a gift. I am. But let me tell you something. Everybody loves to receive gifts, but have you ever gotten something that you were like, what, what, <laughs> what is this all about? What do I do with this? And how many would be honest today and say that you have re-gifted a, a gift or two in your life? <laughs> Come on, we're in the house of God. This is the place to get right. Just get it all on the altar of God today. Get everything right. Get everything clean. I, I looked up some, well, weird gifts. In case you need a pencil sharpener, here's a good one for you. It's shaped like a nose. That's a little weird. Here's a nice one, inflatable fruit cake. Pete, you might like that, I don't know. Or for the person who has everything, why don't you just give them nothing? <laughs> For those of you who like to be in the kitchen and you cook, here's a, a little butter warmer. Forget about leaving it out overnight and letting it soften on its own. Now you can just warm it right up. Here's an anti-aging mask, which you can also, you can also use that in Halloween, uh, in October, to scare your grandkids to death. For those who have everything, here's a banana guard. You've been wanting to guard your banana, I'm sure. I like this one real well, because I like music. And so I can just plug my iPhone in. My, I can plug my music in right there where I'm communing with God. For those of you who can't leave your phone and you have to have it at all times, here's the cellmate. That looks so nice, doesn't it? Now, this one kind of creeped me out, i got to be honest. The Picaroo. I don't know. That was creepy to me. And back to the nose, because the nose knows. Here's a nice soap dispenser for you. I actually would use that. I actually kind of like, anybody like bacon? How about a jumbo bacon-flavored candy cane? You know, everything's bacon now anymore, right? Everything's got to be bacon. Well, they, they put the flavor into a candy cane. And so that's, that's just the weird, for the weird, and for those who, who seem to have everything. But some of us kind of have an, uh, uh, we're the upper crust, right? And, and so we like, we like the top shelf of gifts, right? Well, I found some expensive gifts as well. Um, for those who have more money than they know what to do with, you could get a Monopoly game, for instance, it's only $2 million. This is for real. These are not gag gifts. These are for real gifts that people actually purchase. Here's another one. For only $8,000, you can have an inflatable water park. We could all just go in together and get that, couldn't we? That'd be fun. Or the jetpack. They keep pushing that this year. Like people are going to shell out $99,000, $99,500, and we can all have a jetpack. And... I don't know. I, th I saw this on the news this morning. If you've got an extra $30,000 laying around, you can have, buy a walk-on roll, Broadway Annie, $30,000. And I think you are the part of the dog. 
You can get you a shipwrecked bottle, only $275,000. Those of you who like expensive watches, you can have the Bentley watch, $330,070. There's the Swarovski vacuum, $21,900 for a vacuum. Or anybody like to play t table tennis? You like ping pong? Well, here's a table and paddles and ball for only, if you get it today, $45,000. This is for Isabella. I thought Isabella, either one, we got two Isabellas here, but a blinged out pacifier, $17,000. Those are real diamonds embedded in this pacifier. And for all the crazy people who love dogs more than humans, here's a dog collar for 3 mil, 3.2 mil right there. I don't think that little puppy's going to be alive much longer if it's in the wrong neighborhood. You could get you a playhouse for 23.4. You could get a personal submarine for $2 million. Or if you think you can write but you really can't write, you could buy yourself a ghostwriter and he will ghostwrite you a story for a measly $75,000. Merry Christmas, everybody. There's some strange, weird gifts out there, and there's some expensive gifts out there. But I want to draw your attention to a gift that actually goes beyond description. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 15. Bring that up for us, please. The Apostle Paul said these words, Thanks be to God for his in describable gift. Father, we thank you so much for your word and how it never fails to accomplish what you send it to accomplish. We ask that it would penetrate into our hearts and minds, bringing change, bringing transformation. We thank you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of love, the gift of life. Amen. Let me take just a few moments and talk to you about the indescribable gift. Interestingly, chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, the bulk of it, the front part of it, it's dedicated to focusing on human giving. If you have your Bible open, you can just stroll through this chapter with me. It won't be up on the screen, but the Apostle Paul starts by uh, encouraging the people there, the, the Corinthian believers, to give to the poor, giving offerings to the poor. He commends them for their eagerness and their willingness to help in giving and, and giving to others. He goes on to remind them that those who sow sparingly will also reap sparingly, verse number 6. And he also says that those who sow generously or bountifully will also reap a generous harvest or a bountiful blessing. Amen. He goes on, verse number 7. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. He says there in verse number 10, May he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply. Somebody say supply and multiply. Supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Almost the entirety of this great chapter in 2 Corinthians is devoted to human giving. But everything shifts at the end. Everything turns. And then the Apostle Paul says, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Our gifts can easily be described, can't they? As outrageous as they may be, as strange and weird as they may be, as expensive as they may be, each one can be described. And our ability to give to one another and to give to the poor, to give to the cause of the, the church even, all of it has description attached to it. But he shifts everything and he says and points to heaven, points to God, and he says, thank you, God, for a gift that can't even be described. Thank you, God, 
for the indescribable gift. You may be saying here today, what makes this gift so special? What makes this gift so indescribable? Allow me to answer this question to you. I believe this gift is indescribable for four reasons. First of all, it's indescribable because of the very nature of the gift. This gift comes from another place. This gift comes from another dimension. This gift comes from another world. This gift is supernatural. It's supernatural in its giving, it's in, in, in its inception. The birth of this gift is supernatural. Let me give you a brief overview of sex ed today. You may want to sit back in your seat. The natural way for a child to be born is a man and a woman who love one another and ask God to bless their relationship and they join with one another in holy matrimony. And after they are married, then and only then should they be intimate with one another and have sex. I believe that that's what the Bible teaches and I believe that's what we should adhere to. A man and a woman who love one another and want God's blessing, they marry one another and then they have sex. Y'all are getting quiet here. Listen, if we don't talk about sex in the church and we leave it to our school systems, we leave it to our society, we leave it to our media, church, we're in trouble. So I believe that we ought to talk plain about it. We ought to talk biblically about it and openly about it. And that's what I'm going to attempt to do just briefly. That's the natural way. It is not a man with a man or a woman with a woman. Is it okay if I say, if I say this today? Well, I'm going to say it anyway. Because it's what the Bible says. And I'm compelled, I'm commissioned today to say with you, to say to you what the Bible says. And in saying this, we are not bashing anyone that has been caught into the homosexual lifestyle. And I would dare say there's probably not a person in this room that is touched by this in some way or another. Someone you work with, someone in your family. And so our society wants us to make room not just for other religions, but for other sexual preference as well. And it is contrary, I say this with all love today, it is contrary to what the Bible teaches. It's to be a man and a woman under holy matrimony and the blessing of God. This is the natural way that children are born. But we're actually talking about a supernatural birth. God said, I'm not going to go the natural way. I like that. I'm going to go a way that has never gone before. I'm going to do something that hasn't been done before. And a young teenage woman in the making, God picks her. He chooses Mary. She found favor, the Bible tells us, with God. So the supernatural way is a virgin who has never been with a man, has never had sex, she's going to be the mother of the Son of God. This was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 7 and verse 14 tells us, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is the supernatural way. God takes the natural, that's you, that's me, 
and adds the super, that's him. He does what only he can do, what we cannot do. And the combination of the natural with the supernatural creates this combustion of, of miracle and this combustion of, of amazingness. It's supernatural. How many want to see the supernatural in your life? Anybody want the supernatural acting in your life and, and displayed in your life? Then here you go. You be natural, let God be super. It's really not that complicated to have the supernatural life. This is the supernatural way of a baby being born. A virgin shall conceive. Now this confused Mary just slightly, and I think it would any of us. An angel appears to her and says, you've been chosen. You're highly favored. God wants you to be the one to carry his son she says in Luke chapter 1 and verses 34 and 35, she says, how can this be since I do not know a man or I have never been intimate with a man? The angel answers back to her and says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. A virgin will conceive, that's not natural, that's supernatural. But even then, there has to be a seed that's planted. How will this be? This is the second part of the supernatural. The Holy Spirit brought the seed of God and overshadowed her. And this is how Mary conceived that day. It's hard to describe this, quite honestly. I think... Perhaps Paul had this in mind when he began to think about how do you describe to somebody a virgin being born? How do you describe to someone the Holy Spirit implanting a seed, God's seed? How do you describe to someone uh, one who died but yet rose to live? It's beyond description, isn't it? This is the God that I'm speaking to you of. His nature is supernatural. His nature is God coming and living with us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel translates to, by the way. Emmanuel equals God with us. Indescribable, isn't it? How do you describe the omnipotent God, all-powerful God, compared to man's limited power? It's indescribable. How do you describe the omniscient God that knows everything compared to man's limited knowledge? It's indescribable. How do you describe the eternal God who has always been, doesn't have a birthday, nobody created him? This gets a lot of people stuck right there. A God that just says, I've always been. So we, we try to figure that out. Our, our, our wheels spin. When was he first? He just says he's always been. The eternal God compared to our limited lifespan and, and, and our attachment to time. How do you describe that? It's indescribable. How do you describe the love of God that is so high and deep, so wide, so far-reaching, that covers everything compared to our limited ability to love. It's indescribable. Why is this gift beyond description? First of all, because of its nature. Secondly, because of its purpose. Have you ever opened a gift and you say, thanks? <laughs> you think to yourself, what am I going to do with this? It has no purpose whatsoever. This isn't like anything else you've ever, ever received, this gift. It has purpose and an assignment attached to it. It's a gift that will always give. Its purpose, first of all, is to bring peace. Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son, of, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and I want you to look closely at the last three words, Prince of Peace. This is the purpose in God giving His Son. The world that He created took matters into their own hands, decided that they knew best. So God devised this plan to redeem the creation of mankind that he loved. He said, I'll send my son and he will bring peace. Bring peace to the world. Peace on earth. Luke 2.14, the angels are declaring glory to God in the, in the highest and on earth, peace. On earth, peace. Folks, if we ever needed peace on earth, I believe it's right now. If you and I could board a plane this afternoon and travel to various parts of the world, but the Mideast, let's just focus in for a moment, the Middle East, such turmoil, such conflict, man against man, nation against nation. You know, they're putting guns in the hands, well, I was going to say of the boys at an early age, but I understand it's not just for the sons anymore. They're arming the sons and the daughters at a young age, training them and teaching them to hate and to go to war. We need peace on earth, church. Would somebody agree with me here today? Like never before. God gave this son so we would have peace on earth. But you don't even have to board the plane and travel to the Middle East. We could just travel across our own country here and stroll down the streets of Newtown, Connecticut. I wonder what we would sense today. A lot of sadness, a lot of heartbreak, the absence of peace. I would dare say there are probably parents that already purchased gifts that will never be opened. We need peace in the United States of America like we've never needed it before. Peace on earth. God, give us peace. As I mentioned, the folks in Newtown, Connecticut, let me just urge you, as you gather around with your family, these next few days and you say prayers of thanks to God for food and for provision and for, for blessings, lift up a prayer for these folks. Pray for them in their time of, of anguish and grief and ask God to give them peace because that's part of what this gift is all about, peace on earth. But peace on earth starts by acknowledging the peace of God. I love this scripture in Philippians chapter 4. It's a life verse for me. Verses 6 and 7 encourage us by saying, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And look at this, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Come on and put your hand on your heart and your head. Your heart and your mind, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I believe the reason we don't have peace on earth is because people will not accept the peace of God. God is the author of peace. He is the giver of peace. And this gift is to bring peace on earth. But in order for the earth to have peace, people individuals have to recognize the peace of God and then they have to accept the peace of God and in order to accept the peace of God you have to make peace with God Romans 5 and 1 tells us therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with God there again it says how we have it it's through our Lord Jesus Christ 
Philippians 4 tells us the peace of God comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1, it also reinforces that the peace of God, a peace with God, will come through this entry, through this doorway, through this gate. It is through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ only. Make peace with God. You do that by just relaxing into God's plan for your life and not running from Him anymore. Because God's plan for your life... Oh, somebody's going to hear this today. I believe somebody's going to get this today. God's plan for your life is so much better than your plan for your life. Hallelujah. And I want God's plan for my life to unfold and I want God's plan for your life to unfold. Because God's plan is bigger. God's plan is greater. Make peace with God today. Make peace with God today and receive the peace of God today. When you make peace with God, then you can walk. Oh, this is way off my notes. Then you can actually walk in the peace of God every day of your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't have to worry if the world's going to come to an end or not. You have you made peace with God, and so you're just walking in the peace of God every day. Hallelujah. Every day of your life. No matter if it's December 21 or 22 or 23. Turns out the world didn't come to an end after all two days ago. But I was ready even if it did. I'd already made peace with God and I was walking in the peace of God. Hallelujah. I told you I was trying to be good on Christmas Sunday, but I feel like I could preach today. Make peace with God and just walk and stroll and enjoy the peace of God every day of your life. Hallelujah. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. You don't have to wring your hands and bite your nails and... and you can just walk in the peace of God. And that, let me tell you how it translates then. We make peace with God. We enjoy and walk in the peace of God. Everything doesn't have to rattle you. You made peace with God. You can now have the peace of God. And when we, I have the peace of God. Matt, you and Lori clearly have the peace of God. And then we join together and the peace of God just, just magnifies and multiplies. And, 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 and Mitch and Cindy, the peace of God is all over you and Bonnie. And it's just, it just starts growing and growing and growing. And the peace of God translates to peace on earth. Look at the peace in this room. There's such peace in this room. God wants us to take that. See, the gift came to bring peace on earth. So when we that have accepted Christ enjoy that peace, make that peace, and now walk in the peace, it translates to our work environments and to our families. Listen, we lose our jobs just like people who don't know Christ. But what's different? We just have peace. And we actually then, watch this, are the peace on earth because we're taking that peace to the world. It's part of the purpose and the gift. It's hard for me to describe, actually, because, well, it's indescribable. <laughs> I'm trying my best to describe something to you that is way beyond my vocabulary and beyond my ability to describe to you. I know what the, the Apostle Paul was talking about. I'm trying here, God. But it's, it just blows my mind. Part of the purpose was peace. The second part of the purpose is salvation. Let me, let me move on. Luke 2, watch this. Then the angel said to them, verse number 10, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, hallelujah, a Savior who is Christ Jesus the Lord. Jesus came to save. A Savior was born. A Savior saves. And that is Christ. It's part of His purpose in coming one of another of my favorite scriptures in, in Luke 19:10 it says for the son of man has come to seek and to save 
How many are thankful that he found you while he was seeking? How many are thankful today that he saved you? He saved you. He came. The purpose of this gift is to save you. You say, well, what do I need saving from? I'm glad you asked. You need saving from sin. Don't take that personal. I did too. I still do sometimes. If I fall, I need a savior. If I mess up from time to time, I need somebody to save me. He came to save us from sin. And we're all actually born into sin. The Bible tells us all have sinned. Come on, help me here today. Help me today. How many know your Sunday school lessons? All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. You need saving from sin. What do you need saving from? You need saving from a real devil is what you need saving from. If you think the devil is just some car cartoon caricature with red, a red suit and a tail and a pitchfork and horns, I got news for you, brother. I got news for you, sister. The devil is real. He's an enemy, and he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. John 10.10 10 tells us, and we need saving from the enemy. What do you need saving from? You need saving from your own fleshly heart. You need saving from your own desires, your own lust, ourself. I need saving from myself from time to time. Because if left to myself, I'll make wrong choices. But a Savior has come, one who will save us from sin, one who will save us from Satan, one who will save us from our own self. Let me talk to you about the third reason this gift is indescribable. I, I, I think it's indescribable because of its value. The value of this gift, how do you describe the value? MasterCard has made its mark in society and in our minds even over the last several years with their ad campaign. And they will talk about this costing that much and this costing that much and this costing that much. And the punchline at the end is priceless. This is one of my favorites. They've just been playing it this holiday season. But it's this child. I want you to see. Most popular toy for toddler, $500. Most popular stuffed animal for toddler, $350. Most popular picture book for toddler, $60. Watching her play with a cardboard box instead, priceless. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Priceless. I don't know what comes to your mind when I say the word priceless. There are some items, material items that I possess that I would put in that category, actually. As many of you know, my mother passed at an early age. She was only 39 years young. I happened to be 14 at the time, and she was gone. A few months later, my father was cleaning out some things, and he had already met uh, a, a, a what has now become my stepmother, but had some had a blind date and it went well, let's just say. And um, so he was actually making room for Paula and uh, had a yard sale, garage sale. And, you know, when you're 14 years old, you don't really care much about dishes that are being sold in a yard sale or anything else, really. I didn't think, Rose, about all that, you know. I'm sure you thought about things that you wanted to keep for your kids that they would always, always have with John. Uh, I didn't think like that. I was just 14, young and dumb and just a punk kid. But my neighbor across the street did. Sharon Adams, she will forever hold a, a place in my heart uh, like no other. She came over to the garage sale and she bought two vases of my mother's for like 50 cents a piece. And she said, Steve, I know that you don't care about these vases today. But when you get married, I'm giving these back to you as your wedding gift. And she did just that. Years had passed. I'd forgotten all about those vases. But sure enough, on my wedding day, she gave me two vases that were my mother's 
And they, to me, are priceless. Don't ask me if I'll sell them to you, because I won't. They probably aren't really worth that much, maybe $100 a piece, maybe, maybe $500 a piece. I don't even know, because I don't care. I'm not selling them. They're priceless to me. And they will remain in my home until I die. And then hopefully one of my kids will take it. But I don't even think all that's going to happen because a rapture's going to happen and I'll be gone. But for today, they're priceless to me. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word priceless. But I want to tell you that the gift that I'm trying my best to describe to you today is so beyond description. The value of this gift you can't put a, a dollar sign on. You can't put a dollar amount on this gift. It's priceless. A priceless gift. Now get this. The gift that can't be valued, the cost is free. Now figure that out. Try to describe that to somebody. A gift that you can't value. It's beyond pricing. Yet it's freely given. <laughs> Priceless. Accept this gift today. Freely given to you. And you'll understand what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The fourth reason that I believe it's indescribable, Pastor Moses, would you come? is because of the impact of this gift. The impact when you receive this gift is first of all immediate. Be ready to be changed because if you get this gift, you can't ever be the same. You won't ever be the same. This gift, I guarantee you, is going to change you because that's what this gift does. It changes. It changes who we are. It changes our conduct, our demeanor. It changes how we walk, how we talk. It changes how we live and how we give. It's an immediate change. That's the impact of this gift. As you accept the gift freely given without price, You'll be immediately changed. You'll be accepted into a family. Have you ever just been grafted into somebody's family? You're not any blood, but yet they just opened their arms and made you feel like you belong. Let me tell you what happens here. John 1.12 tells us, As many as received him, and received this gift. To them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe on his name. The impact immediate. You're grafted into a family. You're, you're adopted in. You know, the adoption process, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful process. And who knows what might happen to a child if not adopted by the proper father, the proper mother. Only God knows. But yet, Christian parents are able to reach in and adopt. I think of Mike and Lisa here today. They've been childless for many years now. But just this year, God blessed them with a child wasn't the conventional way, but it was still God's way. And you are a gift to Stanley, and Stanley a gift to you. And only God knows how his path has now been rerouted. When we accept this gift, our path is rerouted, folks. Because, let's face it, we're all heading for hell without Christ. We're all heading to destruction without accepting this gift. But we accept the gift and we're part of the family. We're children of God. I wonder if there's any sons of God here in the house today, any daughters of Zion in the house here today. 
Come on, do I have any followers of Christ? Anybody who's accepted this gift? Anybody who's received this gift? As many as received, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. All we have to do is believe on his name. The impact starts right away, but it doesn't stop immediately. It starts immediately, but the impact is eternal as well. The impact goes on and on and on. We have abundant living while we're here on earth. But we have eternal living even after we die or when the trumpet sounds and the church is raptured. Eternal impact. Living forever. So if you're part of God's family, you get to live where the Father lives. And He lives in heaven. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's the gift. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And 1 John 5, I love how this reads. Verse 11, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. This is what I spoke to you about earlier. There aren't other pathways. It is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And look, look how it reads right here. And that you may know, uh, and that you may continue, excuse me, you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God, which suggests to me that there are some who started off believing and then they maybe stopped believing. I believe we're to run the race to the end, church. Fight the fight. I know it says it's a good fight, but a fight is a fight. And we've got to fight this thing all the way to the end and run the race all the way to the end and not get out of the race or stop fighting. And this is the indescribable gift. Jesus Christ. I want you to bow your heads today. There's a catch. There's a catch in gift giving. A gift can be offered, but yet refused. The one being offered the gift has the prerogative of saying, I don't want the gift. I'd just as soon not have the gift. You will not be forced to receive this gift. It's just a gift that is offered to you. But I will say this. Those who do receive this gift never receive a better gift. Today, let, let God offer you this gift. He offers you this gift, and I pray that you would receive it. Receive the Savior. Receive the Prince of Peace. If you're here today and you would like to accept Christ, God's Son, and by accepting Christ, you receive eternal life, I want you to lift your hand so I can pray for you today. Anybody here that would like to accept Christ? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see several hands going up. Don't miss this. There's something about acknowledging your need. Don't leave here saying, I, I decided I'm not going to accept that gift. Accept this gift. 
Anybody else, if you haven't lifted your hand and yet the, you know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you, come on, lift your hand and let me pray with you right quick. Anybody else? The best gift you'll ever receive this Christmas season or any Christmas season for that matter, the gift of, of living forever. 20 more seconds and we're going to pray. Lift your hand and let me pray for you. Lift your hand and let God change you. Thank you. 15 more seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and let me pray for you now. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, move on the hearts. Just 10 more seconds is all I'm going to wait. Lift your hand now. Come on, lift your hand and let's, let's get your heart right today. Hallelujah. Five more seconds. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, we accept you today. Thank you. Hallelujah. And all who call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible tells us, they shall be saved. Church, I would like each of us to dedicate our lives back to God and all of us to receive this gift and pray this prayer of commitment and ask God to forgive us each and acknowledge Him as Lord. And we will join our voices with these friends who've lifted their hands, everyone standing Repeat this prayer after me. Almighty God, I come to you today fully acknowledging my need of you. I can't live my life any longer without you. So I come to you and I give you my life. I accept your gift that you're giving me. I accept Jesus today and ask him to come into my life, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Take away all of my wrong. I acknowledge you today as God's son and as my Lord. And I pray now that you would help me from this day forward to live a life that would bring honor to your name and please you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Indescribable, sorry. Indescribable. Let's do a little bit of that. Come on, Pastor Moses. Amen. Amen. So I've done my best to try to describe to you something that really is above and beyond description. Sing that for us one more time, Pastor Moses. Indescribable. Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God. Oh, all powerful, stars in the sky you know them by take a minute and just invite you back to tonight. We're going to have carols, candles, and communion. I don't know if I got that in the right order, but it's the three C's. 
cookies and coffees. We're just going to have a bunch of C's tonight. So we want to encourage you to, to invite a friend and come back and celebrate with us. And we're going to have a special gift for everyone that comes tonight. Some crumb cake, coffee cake, churros, all the C's you can imagine. That's what we're going to have tonight. So we want to invite you uh, back tonight. It's going to be a great evening. Great evening. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great, great day. We thank you that you sent your son, an indescribable gift for us. And we hold on to that gift today, and we thank you what a difference it's made in our lives and will continue to make. Father, we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. We can get 10 strong guys. We need to move the piano. If I can get some help, just got to move it a couple feet. 10 strong guys. Help me out. Thank you.